The facts. In a talent market that is more competitive and less understood than any other time in history, it's the facts that matter. Welcome to Start Smart, the podcast that delivers the facts, the latest research and data on the key issues and opportunities facing talent acquisition and HR professionals. and welcome to Start Smart, the podcast that focuses on the facts, the latest research in talent acquisition, the, the facts, the findings, the new insights that come out of, out of research. I'm Peter Weddle, the CEO of TA Tech. And I'm Shalia Gray. I'm the Global VP of Talent Acquisition for Quadiant. And we tackle the facts from two perspectives in each of our podcasts. Uh, Shalila covers the facts or looks at the facts from the employer's perspective, obviously. And I take a look at it or look at them from the solution provider's perspective. And in this episode of the podcast, we're going to take a look at a report by Public Insight Data Corporation entitled Winning the War for Talent with Employer Branding. It's a fascinating report, and we're going to dive into it in just a moment. But first, here's a word from our sponsor, Talent.com, the solution to finding talent your way. Work with the fast-growing, tech-savvy company dedicated to making the search for candidates easy. Are you looking to fill one job? How about a 1,000 jobs? Do you need a way to integrate your recruitment technology Well, Talent.com can find the answers for your business, and they can do it on time and on budget. So start growing with Talent.com. Okay, now let's talk about this report. Again, it's a a report from Public Insight Data Corporation uh, entitled Winning the War for Talent with Employer Branding. And it's not so much a research report, which is what we typically look at, but it's a white paper on the importance of employer branding and the best practices for using it effectively in a corporate talent acquisition strategy. So, Shalila, let's take a look at the findings, like as we always do. Finding number one, a company's reputation matters more now than ever before as it impacts both the effectiveness and the efficiency of a company's talent acquisition. Here are the facts cited in the report. They actually come from Glassdoor. First, 86% of employees and job seekers research company reviews and ratings to decide where to apply for a job. So almost 9 out of 10. 86% of women and 67% of men in the U.S. wouldn't join a company that had a bad reputation. And finally, a strong employer brand can reduce the cost per hire by as much as 50%, and a negative reputation can cost a company as much as 10% per hire. So, Shalila, the importance of a strong employer brand, we've known that. It's been recognized for a long time. But what's interesting here is how central it is becoming to an organization's ability to attract top talent in today's tight labor market. What do you think? I think the report is spot on, and I will say a couple things. In the old days, because I happen to be from the old days, um, it was the water cooler. It was a newspaper article. It was those type of things, um, because people would say, what is it like to work there? But there wasn't a lot of information, and so we took risks. 
with the ease of information today, whether it be Yahoo, whether it be um, you know something like Zing or Glassdoor or Indeed, um, we are gathering the feedback and experiences of both employees and candidates about their experience. And then you got all these other reviewers like you know Google reviews, Yelp reviews. I mean, I think people, the brand matters more now than it's ever mattered before. In our first um, podcast we did, we talked about how the market had changed from an employer market to a candidate market. And I have found that candidates are asking more of the intelligent questions than ever before. They're not just asking about the work, they're asking about the company. You know, what are they doing in terms of, you know, community service? Um, inclusion, uh, development. People are asking the deep questions now because they have access to information. Yeah, you know, I think uh, we we all, I think, have become much more uh, sophisticated consumers of commercial goods, and and I think increasingly people are becoming good consumers uh, in the job search marketplace. You know, they're doing their homework in an important way. But what I found interesting and and the report does tease this out um, is the difference between brand and reputation you know the the data that I cited talked about reputation company reviews and ratings and branding how it, it impacts the the cost per hire for example and and I think it's important to understand that employer brand management now has two dimensions. Uh, in today's tight market. The first is what the company says about itself. That's its brand. That's how we traditionally would define it. Reputation, on the other hand, is what others are saying about the company. And I, and I think that what one of the things that this, uh, that this report is saying is that you got to pay attention to reputation as much as you do to brand. And I will say that when you do a good, because I did my first employment, when employment branding first came out, I was at a meeting and I was impressed with Yum Brands at the time. They actually had someone, this was 2004, they actually had someone in TA that it was from the marketing side. And I, at that point, I wasn't really familiar with employment branding as I was, I was, I was used to product branding, but not employment branding. And when you, and so after that, I did that with a with an organization that was over 100 years old, had really never invested in employment brand. I said, the first thing candidates ask us is, what do you do? And when I employed an advertising firm to help me, that's when they they we did focus groups with the executives to see where they were, the employees that we wanted to keep and bring more in. And then in our markets that we wanted to grow and develop in, total strangers. We used unemployment offices and college campuses and did focus groups because that's where that reputation piece comes in. You know, what do you know about the company? How hard is it to apply for the company? You know, those kind of things. And we looked at the gaps between all three. So where the leadership felt we are and where we need to be had some differences from where employees felt we were. And where the market was, because we were in some, that particular organization, we were in some tough markets where there were some big brands who spent a whole lot of money in their product brand. And so, and at that time, product brand and employment brand could have been seen as the same. Like many people, for example, see Nike 
His motto is just do it. That's the product brand. That's not their employment brand. And But at the time, many of us saw them as one and the same. Now I think we can differentiate. Well, I think that's right. And and uh, the, the value, it seems to me, of, of what this report is saying is that uh, you do have to spend as much time worrying about what's going on, what's being said about the company outside, uh, and not just let that kind of flow like water over the organization as you do on formulating the brand from the inside. Uh, and, and, you know, that's, that's uh, what finding number two is all about. Companies spend a huge amount of time and money. You just described the process on developing and promoting their employer brand. But job seekers, increasingly, because they are becoming smart consumers, they rely on those reviews to to form uh, their opinion and view of a company. And here's some here's some reports. Here's some facts, uh, again from an outside source, uh, but they're contained in the Public Insight report. These are from a Randstad survey. Ninety five percent of the workers in the Randstad survey said that gaining insight into a company's reputation as an employer should be either extremely important. 62% said that, so almost two-thirds, and somewhat important, 33%, when considering a new job opportunity. So total 95% of workers said, you know what, we think knowing about a company's reputation has to play a role in whether or not we're going to consider a new job with uh, with an employer. 70% of the respondents in the survey said that they would automatically distrust a company that didn't have an employer reputation as established by reviews. I, I think that's really interesting. So, you know, there have been complaints about employer reviews for years, almost since the first employer review was published. Uh, some argue, you know, that uh, employer reviews are really the views of disgruntled former employers, employees, uh, and others say, yeah, you know, they're they're too easily manipulated by employers themselves. What do you think? Um, I think a couple of things. One, I do believe in the absence of a brand, people will make up a brand for you. I, I remember that being something I, I was at a meeting years ago at Bank of America, and that was one of the things that they said about their brand. In the absence of a brand, people will make one up. So it's important both internally and externally to know what you stand for and why people come to work there. The second piece is, is that I do believe that um, data is important. You know, we, we, we make decisions for a variety of reasons. We choose an Airbnb. We choose to go on vacation for, for a variety of reasons. And I think people want more information today. They're just that's just a part of how things happen. And so um, I do think that it's important um, to do your homework. Um, a job is an investment. You know, when we think about uh, what we spend money on, some people will say time is more critical. You know, uh, where we put our careers is more important. So I, I do believe things like that um, arise into the surface. I believe that the growing reliance on reviews is also an indication of the rising cynicism may be too strong a word, but the rising uh, distrust of what uh, job seekers get from organizations themselves. Uh, you know, they, they are not willing to take 
an employer's statement about its brand at face value. They're going to go out and talk to their peers or, or read the reviews uh, that have been written by their peers uh, in the workforce. So, you know, I, I think that uh, we have to recognize that that's a fact of life and, and we have to deal with it. We have to make sure that we pay attention to those reviews. And I think we trust strangers. But, but if you think about most things that we buy today, if you go to an eBay, you look at the ratings of the seller, right? If you go to Amazon, you look at the ratings of a seller. Um, I think that generations now are depending upon strangers. And I know what I do is I look at the number and then I go look at the, the ratio of the positives to the negatives, because if you get a lot of people to be positive, it drowns out the negatives. But you want to read what the negatives have to say. And I think that that's that's a model we've put into the world now around people being able to give feedback that I've never met. I don't know it's valid. I do know some peer companies that do campaigns internally, encouraging their employees to 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 say positive things or encouraging them to do reviews. Um, so, you know, there's some stacking on the sides of companies because they recognize the importance of it. Um, and I think it's a factor of a decision, but it shouldn't be the only factor. But I will say, if I read a lot of negative, especially the one I look at, for example, in Glass Door, there's two things. One is CEO confidence, and the other one is refer a friend. And if I see a CEO that's less than 50%, I know that's coming from employees inside the company because candidates don't get to meet the CEO. And when I look at refer a friend, that is both candidate and employee feedback. I, I, I kind of take it seriously if it's in the low numbers because somebody's saying something. Absolutely. So what should, in your view, what should a company do when it uh, finds dissonance between the way it uh, views itself uh, and expresses that in its brand and the way the outside world is viewing it and uh, the way it's described in the views. When, when, you, when you've got a disconnect there, what's the, what should a company do? So there's two things, because I believe perception is reality, right? So, so instead of spending all your time chasing down who said this, why they said it, deal with what you got. So the first thing is, in many of these review sites, the data is the data. They will not allow you to change the data. What they will allow you to do is do a response. And I've seen companies have done, you know, I try to look at our responses and how we do it because some stuff is just totally incorrect. I worked at one organization that said someone tried to recruit me in the mall. We've never had a, a kiosk, a booth at a mall, and I could prove that. And so the review came down. So one is, is data that is, that is absolutely incorrect. You can correct with most of these, these sites. Um, and for data that's not correct, some, and I don't think you need to be defensive, but I think you need to address it. So I've seen companies to, that responded back and said, I'm sorry, that was your experience. You know, we try 100% of the time to do this, this, and this. We'd love to learn more and give people another out, another avenue to share things. The other thing is, I know for me, I look at trends. So if it's saying things like during COVID, we, we had put, you know, freeze on, um, we put a pause, I would say, on um, external hiring. Um, and I looked at feedback around that experience because we tried to make sure every candidate that was sitting on the job was closed out while this pause was taking place and all that. If we missed someone, we wanted to own it. 
right? So, and I wanted to look at trends that were out there. And when there are trends, one, leadership needs to needs to be aware of it. And the organization owns cleaning it up, especially if it's talking about leadership, compensation, nature of the work, a legal issue. We all own cleaning it up. Yeah, you know, that exercise of cleaning it up Well, first, as you were saying, owning it and then cleaning it up, that builds up a certain perception of authenticity. And I think authenticity is a driving factor in a candidate's propensity to apply these days. They want to work for organizations they can believe in. Uh, and the, the first factor in building that foundation is an organization that's authentic. It is not trying to be something it ain't. Uh, and when it makes a mistake, it owns up to it. Well, that's a good segue into um, a third finding, which is analyzing those reviews uh, to pinpoint key insights has to be an integral part of an employer's reputation management. Um, I, I think too often reviews are sort of taken at face value when you can really examine them, get into them at a much deeper level to pinpoint the strengths or the positive aspects of it. And then, as you were saying, uh, to identify weaknesses or negative factors that, that should be addressed uh, or even, if possible, uh, minimized. And, and according to the report, which I thought was, was maybe the most interesting part of this particular report, there are a bunch of different kinds of analyses, and you actually alluded to, to a couple of them. Segmentation analysis. You, you can actually, at many of these review sites, you know, they, they may not identify the person by name, but they will identify the person's title, the region where they, they live, uh, the, the date it was posted, and, and you can get some insights about where positive and or negative stuff is happening. Where What are the patterns? Are they among more senior people, more negative people? Uh, are they in one particular re region versus another? That kind of thing. Are they more recent? Or are, they, are, are they later? So they, they call that uh, segmentation analysis. Then there is a, something called text analytics, which uses natural language processing to detect patterns. And here the patterns are uh, are the are the words in the review positive or are they negative? And are they more positive or are they uh, less positive, more negative or less po uh, negative, or are they neutral for that matter? Um, and so you can get a you can get a sense of the intensity with which the review is being expressed. But I thought that the most important uh, context, uh, the most important factor that it identified was context. And, and this is, I think, exactly what you were saying. Uh, th this is a way to really, I think, make reviews actionable. So just doing something as simple as comparing reviews that you have to the reviews that are being posted about your competitors and, and, and how do your reviews stack up? Are they more positive, less positive? Um, and, and you can do that for your competitors in the same industry. You can do that for competitors in the same talent market. Uh, and, and then similarly, of course, how do reviews trend over time? You know, are they, are they going in the right direction or in the wrong direction? So, so what do you think that, well, obviously you do, cause you've been doing some of that, but, but, should, does that mean that you need to have a data scientist on staff in order to do this kind of stuff? 
No, most of the, so if you have a paid account in most of these places, like if you have a paid account with Glassdoor, um, they do a, uh, a quarterly review with you, or they can do a quarterly review with you. Um, and you've chosen who your competitor companies are, and they give you some insight of how you stack up. Same thing is done with LinkedIn. LinkedIn allows you to compare yourself against competitors in the industry. Doesn't take a scientist inside to do that. They do that, that piece for you. Now, but, but to your other point, what I'm going to say is I don't believe in surprises, right? So I've taken things like the candy awards and other things and said, I need to know that before it hits the market. So, you know, one of the things we're implementing is candidate set surveys. It's taken us a while, but I wanted to link it with our applicant tracking systems was leveraged out there to do candidate candidate SAT surveys. We do a lot of those pulse surveys of employees, right? But for candidates who don't get hired, we don't do, we don't, we don't talk to them. So I'm trying to do that because I don't want any surprises. And I'm openly inviting my candidates to go to Glassdoor and leave me reviews. But I also want to know what they're saying about us firsthand myself. Have you actually installed that at this point? Is that um, it's going to it's going to roll out in July, end of July. I first wanted to roll out uh, now that I have Workday, which is my applicant tracking system globally. I am wanting to use the applicant tracking system to leverage it. So I wanted to start first with my hiring managers getting sat from them. Right. And then I wanted my candidates to have satisfaction, both my candidates that are screened. Right. Because that's a large pool. And then the people who actually physically have had interviews. And then my eventual goal is someone who's been on board three months, right? Because they say the quality of poor hires, people leave within a year. And we're all seeing spikes up of people leaving within a year. So I, I eventually want to get to the point that when you've been on board three months, I then ask you, is this the job that we sold you? Is this the environment? You know, did you get on board the right way? Because all three of those will put data together for us. So you're you're asking people for are asking candidates for their views uh and as you said earlier also encouraging them to go to glassdoor uh do you think the the asking for information you know with them first is going to increase their propensity to do a review or not have an impact at all what do you think it depends on what you do with the data right so, you know, if you do NPS, NPS says you'll get, you should focus in on your, your, the people that are giving you the positive feedback and the people that give you the negative feedback because they took the time to give you feedback, right? Now, the issue is what do you do with the data? So if I'm getting data from my candidates, everything is perfect. And then outside they're, they're, they're leaving negative reviews. That means that there's some wall there. I'm hoping that it will align. And if it aligns, that means that if I'm getting feedback that says, you know, I wish I could have had an opportunity to sell myself an interview or, you know, something like that, then I will make sure we build it into the process. I think I think the purpose of a survey is to hear the voice of the stakeholder, but the responsibility of the survey is to act upon what you hear. Have you thought about creating a mechanism so that of the candidates who are willing to volunteer this insight for you, get some feedback on the fact that you've tried to, you, you've tried to uh, adjust, react to their suggestions, their, their problems. 
Now, that's a good point. So one of the things that's down the road is we have a, a CRM, Candidate Relationship Management Tool. And so we keep track of all of our silver medalists, people who didn't get the job that were great, and all the candidates that applied for a period of time. Uh, one of the things we could do is go back to them and say, you know, we appreciated you joining our talent community. We appreciated you considering the opportunity and we appreciate your feedback. Here are the changes we've made in the last six months. Yeah, we could do that. And that that is down the road, but that's something we could do because you know what, that's what your CRM is, is to cultivate talent and to communicate. So, yeah. And I also think, as I was saying earlier, that it also builds into that perception of authenticity. You know, here's a, here's an organization that's really trying to be true to all the great things that it says about itself uh, in its branding. So, you know, I, I, I found this report fascinating because uh, it said, you know, that that brand management in today's world, uh, where the competition for top talent is fierce and where uh, Peers in the uh, in the talent market, if you will, are more than willing to express their positive or negative views. You know that that's uh, coming ever closer to the way consumer brands are managed. You know the way product brands are managed uh, by these much larger marketing and and sales teams. Do you think that this is really going to change the composition of the? recruiting team or the HR team? Is it, is it going to mean that, uh, you know, you, you really have to have a, uh, a larger cohort of your team focusing on the collection analysis and response to all this data that you're collecting? In my organization, um, I have an employment branding group. So we look at all the feedback, analyze the trends and all of that information. But for the actual response, it's out of talent management they're actually writing the responses because they're also fielding where those trends go to for action items. In many companies, I found that either they're doing it, marketing does it. I found some organizations I've worked with communications, internal comms or external comms manage it. I don't think we're putting teams together within TA to, to deal with, you know, with deal with all the social media feedback. I think we're using our current existing channels. What about, I mean, obviously you're in a, a large enterprise. Any thoughts about how a smaller organization might uh, tackle that challenge when they've got you know fewer resources? Well, here's where the good little things called internships come in. You go out there in the summer and the fall, you hire an intern from a college that's social media savvy. Um, you know, they've been on TikTok, they've been on social media. Um, they might, we, we, we would never call them in, in, in our world trolls, but I, the, I, the younger generation call those detractors trolls sometimes, and they have the best responses for them. Um, there's one company out there that I just, I laugh at their responses. It's a, it's one of the, um, the food chains and they must have the, they have the, the funniest, People. So if someone writes a negative review, like, you know, why did you leave the square hamburgers? And someone is like, do you want it? So their response is, do you discriminate against square burgers? <laughs> I mean, you know, they, they just, yeah, right. you know, they have gotten hip. So I'm saying for smaller companies, this is a, this is an opportunity to hire those summer and hire those interns in, you know, those college students who are used to being social media savvy, 
because they're responding out there every day to their peers. Great idea. Uh, and uh, my suspicion is that those interns, after they have that experience, are themselves going to go out and write reviews. So you're really yes. multiplying the impact that you can have. Well, we've come to the the end of this episode. We, we've uh, covered uh, a lot of ground uh, with regard to uh, employer branding and reputation management. Uh, our next episode is going to focus on a report by Mercer, uh, the Global Talent Trends 2022 study, and it has the title The Rise of the Relatable Organization, which I think is a, a fascinating title given the disaffection that's fueling the great resignation and uh, therefore I think, you know, an important topic to explore. So uh, Shalila and I will be back in a couple weeks to, to talk about that report by Mercer. Uh, and we hope that you will be back as well. Thanks very much for being here. That concludes this episode of Start Smart. Thanks very much for joining us and come back for our next episodes on the latest research that will help you shape your talent acquisition with the facts. See you then.